The following is a hoop bowl presentation. Plays it into Trey. Two seconds wide. Trey Slaughter. I'm your host, Brad Harden, recording live from Atlanta, Georgia, and I'm recording this on Tuesday, November 9th, right after last night's loss to the Golden State Warriors and ahead of tonight's matchup on the road in a back-to-back versus the Utah Jazz. And this episode I'm recording is the 100th episode of Hoopball Hawks, and before I talk Hawks, I just want to thank everyone from the bottom of my heart for their support of this program to this point. From everyone here on the network at Hoopball, your support, you know, you guest starring, your encouragement, your um, notes to help me improve. To my listeners, my family, friends, this has been a fun ride and it's only the beginning. It's only the start. So... You guys make this program what it is, so thank you for your continued support. Please put this show on to who will ever listen to this show and likes to hear about the Atlanta Hawks because it's only going to grow, and I'm glad that you guys were here at the beginning when I started it all, and I will not forget each and every single one of you who's helped me get to this point. Now, I would make a bigger deal about this episode, but... There is a lot to unpack. Since I last recorded, there have been three straight second half collapses to Western Conference opponents. Yes, very good teams, but now the Hawks are in the midst of a four-game losing streak. They've lost six of their last seven, and they need to come to Jesus meeting. They need to look in the mirror and reflect as they are right now and arguably one of the toughest parts of their schedule this year. Fans love overreacting, and for Hawks fans right now, the sky is falling. I've tried to be the calm in the midst of this storm, but even I have seen some things that have just been puzzling for this Hawks team. But I, as the host here at Hoopball Hawks, your boy Brad Harden, you know who it is, Mr. Positive. I am going to remind everyone why it's not the end of the world. Why there is some optimism and how we still have a chance to be one of the best teams in the East. We're going to talk through all this after this plug. If you like losing money, turn this off right now. But if you love free band, free bands, just like Super Future, then keep listening. Sports betting is getting huge across the nation. And all of my homies love to bet on games. There are a bunch of sites out there for sports betting, but all of my homies love my bookie. Why? Because it's so easy to use. And since y'all my homies too, I'm going to plug you. 
All my homies listening right now can sign up for my bookie with the promo code HOOPBALL to unlock a 100% deposit match bonus. 100%, just like an A-plus in school. Hopefully you got them, but if not, this is your chance to get 100%. You like playing blackjack? There are some very fun and free blackjack tournaments, and that's just the tip of the iceberg. There is so much that you can do on my bookie, and the best thing is, is that no cash is required to enter, and you can win up to $100 in daily challenges and up to $1,000 in weekly tournaments. So you want a chance at free cash money? Then again, my homies, sign up with the promo code HOOPBALL to unlock a 100% deposit match bonus and try to score some, in the words of future, like I said earlier, free band, free band. All right, and we are back. So, what's happening? What's been going on? In regards to the Hawks? <laughs> a lot. Second half collapses have been a theme this year. It's like Groundhog Day. I hate it. It's like watching the same, same horror movie, knowing what's going to happen, and then you see it happen. Against the Nets, it was the third quarter collapse that led to the Nets ending up winning by eight. The Utah game, it was the middle of the third quarter as well, where Jordan Clarkson just snapped. Utah goes on a huge run. And then they kept up that energy and momentum, took advantage of the tired legs on the second out of a back-to-back of the Hawks to win that game pretty handily in the second half. Against Phoenix, a little bit better. It was buttoned up. Then the last four minutes of the game occurred, and, you know, the Hawks get frantic. <laughs> um, if you watch uh, Mr. 30, Mr. 30, I think that's his name on IG. He does the uh, the funny coaching videos where he's talking, you know, football, typically defenders, saying stuff like, you know, the mama's too big, just, you know, pee down your leg, just want to just, you know, just not make a play here. That's what it seems like for the Hawks. Just the moment's too big, they get frantic, hey, let me just blow it. And the Phoenix game, which... Honestly, they should have won. They should have won that game. They had that game in hand and just let it slip away. And then last night against Golden State, Hawks were up by two in the third quarter. Then another third quarter collapse, similar to the one versus Utah. And instead of Jordan Clarkson going off on them, they have Steph Curry going off on them for a 50-piece McNugget. A 50-piece on a Monday night. Mm. Golden State with the best record in basketball. So, yes, good team. One of the best defensive teams in the NBA. And they showed it last night. So, again, toughest part of the schedule right now. But here are the common denominators in these second half collapses. And it seems like we talked about this to start the year last year as well. The second half just was bad for the Hawks. And they worked that out once McMillan came at the helm and a new energy, a new walk, a new life came about this team right now because they look dead. They look literally dead. Turnovers. And I'm not talking about the number of turnovers. It's the timing and the types of turnovers. 
And it's a common thing. We see stupid plays, turnovers, and boom. Give the other team possession, fast break opportunity, score. Points off turnovers for the other team. I would consider this next thing that's a common denominator, an extension of turnovers. You hear a lot of coaches talk about this. Poor shot selection. The miss for the opposing team in that long rebound is the first pass of the next possession for the offense. There's a lot of bad shot selection. I mean, if we're looking at the Phoenix game, you know, the bogey shot. There's been some couple there's been a couple Trey Young shots in that game where it makes you scratch your head. And instead of, you know, working the offense, getting it to the hot hands like a John Collins, like a you know, DeAndre Hunter and Sun Games, a bogey. Just rush things, rush things. And I said this at the top of the program. Hawks get in these moods where they just get frantic when the other team starts making shots, and then they rush their own offense. They're not dictating the pace of the game. They're just filling out the flow. And then once the flow changes, they're trying to catch up to the wave. And they rush their offense, which leads to bad shot selection, which means they're, you know, you get the long rebounds that I talked about. Teams push the pace, score in transition. The Hawks defense can't get back. The other team scores, and it gives that team a chance to get all their players back on defense and get set. And then the next thing, another common denominator, those periodic stalls on the offensive end. All the chain reaction, turnovers, poor shot selection, stalls in offense, and then you get discouraged, you get boggled down, leading to poor defensive effort, which is the next common denominator. And then the last thing, which a lot of people have complained about as far as rotations are concerned, is the inconsistent production from the bench and a lack of execution when they're in the game. There's some changes that need to be made. It could be rotations. It could be cutting down minutes. But some changes need to be made. The all-bench lineup is not working. It's not. We need to stagger some starters in there. We have to. We need to figure out who is going to be effective against who each night and maybe cut down the rotation. Cut it to eight. Nine. Ten, eleven is it's just too much. That's too many mouths to feed and not enough people doing something when they're in the game. Like I told you guys, I said this on Twitter. I was going to get in the pulpit today. I'm going to really be convicting today. Positive, but convicting. But I'm here to provide hope too. The Hawks are close. They're close. It's about finishing. It's about finishing right now, but they're knocking at the door. And like I said, their competition does not help, but they are close. It just comes down to, as I said, finding that right lineup and rotation. As I said, that all bench lineup is killing us. We need to figure out who is going to be the most effective against which opponent. Do we need to have a more offensive approach? from the bench or defensive. I mean, some of our 
one of our better defenders off the bench, you know, Okongu is not available right now. Right now, the best player off the bench defensively is Cam Reddish. He's too busy trying to find his game on the offensive end. You got to play defense. You are touted as a two-way player. And right now, you know, your bad shot selection is putting you in bad positions on defense. But, I mean, it takes time. It takes growing pains. A lot of mouths to feed. You'll find the right lineup, find the right rotation. But we want it sooner rather than later. Next thing, ball movement. They got to move the ball. The last few games, their team assists have been well below that number 24 number that I like to throw out. Yeah, it's, it's been below. They've been below 20. And when they're not moving the ball and it's only Trey Young getting assists, the team suffers because it means basically once Trey Young is out, the ball movement goes down. That's something that has to get worked out. Whether it's new offensive sets or what. It's going to be hard to implement that in on the back half of a back-to-back. But something's got to change as far as ball movement. They got to execute on both ends. Execution, late game, defensively, offensively. Has to get better. I mean, that execution is the biggest thing leading to their collapse in the second half. They just don't execute as well. As often, and it gives the other team opportunities. Next thing you know, a huge point swing, a huge run for the other team. Now your confidence is shot. Now you got to work yourself back. We've been playing from behind too many times in the second half the last several games outside of Phoenix. We have been playing from behind. And then the Phoenix game showed when we get ahead and We've shown that in other parts of the game, too. We get comfortable. We take the foot off the gas. And now, you know, the things that we were doing before, we're not doing. Execution on both ends. Sustained effort on the defensive end. You can't get discouraged when your shots are not falling. You still got to defend. When your shots are not going, you got to make sure that their shots are not going. That's elementary. That's hell. But it's a fact. You got to sustain that effort of defensive end. You can't get frustrated. That's another thing. Cannot get frustrated with the lack of calls. With the calls you get. You can't sit back and complain to the referees, Bogey. You got to keep playing. You can't get discouraged when your shot's not going in. Get on defense. Make a play. Maybe it sparks something. You can't be frustrated when you're not getting your touches on the offensive end. You can't. These are things that they have to look within and fix. And the last thing, to break out the slump, situational awareness. I talked about this, well, we talked about this a lot in college. You got to be aware of the situation, aware of when I played football, where are the downs, how many yards you need to get, what kind of look this defense likes to run, how you need to attack. In basketball, it looks like Knowing that you need to cover your shooters in the three-point line. You can't leave Steph Curry, Joe Harris, Jordan Clarkson, Joe Ingles, people who've knocked down some threes against us the last few games. You got to cover shooters on the three-point line or at least close out. 
You're going against good three-point shooting teams as of late. You can't go under the screen. You got to go over the screen. You got to stay attached to the to the offensive player. Situational awareness. They're clogging the paint. Maybe we need to do some things differently to get some clean looks for the offense. Situational awareness. We're not seeing that. Like I said, they're going with the flow of the game. They're not dictating the pace of the game. They're not the aggressors. They're not acting like predators right now. Yes, they're being hunted by the rest of the league because they had success last year. But you had success last year. That confidence should breed aggression. I'm not seeing this Hawks team be aggressive. They're soul-searching right now. And the loss to the Nets, in my opinion, was the worst because of that third-quarter sequence that led to the 20-4 to run for Brooklyn. That was a bad loss. They should have won that game. They beat themselves. This Jazz loss, although Donovan Mitchell was out, it was the second out of a back-to-back. In the Hawks' legs certainly died on them in the second half. And ironically, a bench player, and I mean the bench player, the reigning sixth man of the year, Jordan Clarkson, goes off for 30 and took advantage of the shot legs of the Hawks. Now, we play the Jazz again tonight. We better get that checked before traveling to Salt Lake because that's going to be a tough game, another tough game. And Spider's going to be back. We don't have that luxury this game. And the first Utah contest in which we lost sucked because that was our first home loss in front of your hometown champion. Congratulations to the Atlanta Braves, by the way. Hometown champion Atlanta Braves were in the house playing in a city edition Forever 404 jerseys. And you get mollywopped. So, yeah, that was a bad night. But I thought the Nets loss was worse, in my opinion. That Utah game, you shot 42.7% from the floor, 25% from three. You got to the free throw line that night, but again, the 18 team assist. 18, well below where they need to be. And when you look at the Jazz, without Donovan Mitchell, everybody stepped up, 30 team assist. 30 compared to 18 for the Hawks. And then you just get dominated in the post. Due to short rest. But bright spots of that Jazz game. DeAndre Hunter continuing his hot shooting. He, he's gone cold recently, but he's trying to trend back up. Had 14 points on 7-9 shooting. There was a lot of negatives in that game. A lot of negatives outside of the collapse in the third quarter. And then just the lack of fight in the fourth. Bogey and J.C., Bogdanovich and John Collins combined for 13 shots against the Jazz. And they both shot well from the floor when they got their touches. But they're not getting enough touches. Collins need his 12 to 13. Bogey needs about 13, 14 shots. You, you can't combine. They cannot get 13 shots combined. Those have to be your second and third leading scorer. And then you're going to figure out the fourth guy who's going to take your team over the top. There's not that fourth guy right now. But if your two and three guys are playing well, you got to feed them. That's a negative. Trey Young's cold shooting. 
It was bad, that Utah game. They played a really good defense. That's a good defensive team. And again, the poor bench play. They gave up runs. And like I said, the last several games, the bench has just been abysmal when they're in. They're supposed to come in with energy, with life. And they're coming in like the Walking Dead. You know, actually, the Walking Dead has more life than them right now. So, and then you got the Phoenix game. You played well most of the game. Then you have a 12-point lead erased in the fourth quarter by CP3, Devin Booker, who went off for 38. And then Frank Kaminsky. Frank Kaminsky. Ugh. Drink some coffee there. Ugh, Frank Kaminsky. Very, very poor late game execution for the Hawks. Poor shot selection, as we mentioned. Lack of movement on the offense, whether it's physical movement or ball movement, causing stalls on the offense. We talked about it already. That led to poor defense, which, like I said, as you were watching the game, and I was watching it after, you know, LSU almost beat Alabama. That was a close one. But it was like a train wreck. You knew it was coming, but you kept watching as far as the Hawks game, and you knew what direction it was going once they started playing that fourth quarter and the lack of execution and how the offense was looking and the shots weren't going. The fouls that they were getting earlier in the game, they weren't getting. They were getting discouraged. And then, boom, we lose on the road against a good Phoenix Suns team. They're trending upward right now, but we certainly should have got that win. We should have got that win. There were some good performances on um Saturday against the Suns, Trey Young with 31 points, hit four threes at 13 assists. Turnovers were high, six. Had some of those late in the game. John Collins with 25 points, 9 of 12 shooting, so got his touches. Three or four from the three-point line, efficient, and grabbed 10 rebounds. I like games like that from John Collins. Bogey, 18 points. That's good. Seven boards and knocked down four threes. So, as I said before, those are your top three scores. They have to be the top three scores every night. They did what they were supposed to do. And then, boom, this drop-off. Yeah, Gallo and Reddish give you 10 off the bench. But you're going to need a little bit more. Who was that fourth guy? In the playoffs, we were getting that. Whether it was Herder, whether it was Gallo, whether it was Lou Will. But that fourth guy is not there. It needs to. Be, it could be a different guy each night. But that fourth guy, we need it, and we're not getting it right now. Ten points is not bad off the bench, and then Kevin Herter gives you seven in that Phoenix game, so that's not bad. But you need a little bit more, and then you have DeAndre Hunter who struggled that game. Two points, one of nine shooting from the floor. He was hot and then crashed in that Phoenix game. Crashed. And even Capella, who's been struggling this year, he went 4 of 11 from the floor against Phoenix, grabbed 13 rebounds. And again, in that Phoenix game, just like the matchup versus the Jazz, 18 team assists. So outside of Trey Young's 13 assists, the rest of the team had five. So not great ball movement outside of Trey Young. And like I said, it came down to late game execution, and the Hawks just malfunctioned on both ends of the floor to end that game. And then last night, Golden State. Great start for the Hawks. 
you know, Steph Curry was hot. And he continued that theme through the rest of the game, leading to a 50-piece third quarter collapse again. And now the Hawks have lost four straight. Six of their last seven. They lost 127-113 last night. Hawks had a 15-point lead in the first half. Now, like I said, we got to travel to Utah for a back-to-back, -back, and this is the second time we've played Utah in the last week and some change. In the first meeting, like I said before, early in the program, was a back-to-back -back as well. Trey Young had 28 points last night. He showed up to play. 28 points on 11 or 20 sh shooting. A little bit more efficient from the floor. Four of eight from three. More efficient from the three-point line. Added nine assists and three rebounds. John Collins, efficient when he got the ball. But only seven shots. Seven shots. And those seven shots, he had 19 points. Six of seven from the floor. Two of three from three. He's shooting a lot better from the three-point line the last several games. Six rebounds. Zero fouls, which is great from John Collins. But on the flip side, when he gets fouled, he's not getting his calls. But hey, that's just me. That's just my opinion. But he doesn't get the ball as much as he should. We talked about it before. I'm not going to continue to be the dead horse. Bogey, 17 points. Not bad. 7 of 14 shooting from the floor. 3 of 8 from 3. Those are your three leading scores. And then... You know, DeAndre Hunter started off slow. You know, he was slumping last game against the Phoenix Suns. Carried over to this game, but started knocking down some shots as the game went on. Finished with 11. Knocked down two three-pointers. Kevin Herter had 11 off the bench with three three-pointers. DeLon Wright got some clock, which I was... I've been really puzzled by why DeLon Wright has not played. You signed him. You traded for him. He should be getting the ball. He should be getting the ball. But, I don't know. You got to ask Nate. But it was good to see him last night. Seven points, five rebounds, two assists for DeLon Wright. And then Cam Radish and Capella continue to struggle. Here are the things that the Hawks need. And some of this I've already said. But hopefully this, reinf this is reinforced in your mind. So hopefully... It's sending positive energy to the Atlanta Hawks. Hopefully this seeps in and we see a change. Because that's what we need. We need a change. Because it's truly frustrating. It is frustrating to watch. Like I said, it's just like Groundhog Day. It just keeps repeating. But the Hawks need to play with more fight. I'm not seeing the same fight in this team like I saw last year. That want to, that something to prove attitude that we thought was going to come into this year. After getting to the Eastern Conference Finals, going six games, you thought they were going to come back hungry. I'm not seeing that same hunger. These guys are Snickers bar, especially in the second half. Because when they don't get a Snickers bars, they collapse. They collapse. They, they don't play like predators. They play like prey. And they just sit back. Just take it. Like they just take it. Right now they're fighting the refs more than their own opponent. And they're fighting their own disappointment. They gotta get out of their heads. You just gotta fight. You gotta fight. You gotta go get it. They're constantly getting out hustled, outworked. 
they're not the most physical team on the court like they need to be. Like Nate McMillan lights, and they're getting outfought by every team they've played, you know, outside of a few games this year. And you can say conditioning, you can say injuries coming into the year, yeah. But there's some weeks into the season. They've played some games. It's time to work out of that. It's time for results. You want to respect, but right now you don't have it when it comes to calls that you get from the referees. But you got everyone else's best shot right now because you put the league on notice from your success last year. Now they're stepping up to the challenge. The Hawks aren't. They have to realize that they're being hunted now because, as I said before, I don't see that same hunger that I saw last year. They're not Tyrese and too fast, too furious. You know, we hungry. I don't see that. They don't look hungry out there. They are like they're fed and they deserve more. And if you want to get back to last year's success, you got to go get it. You got to go take it. You got to work around these obstacles that are put in front of you. You have to take command of the situation and command the respect of the referees and the rest of the league because it won't just be given. Okay, People think the Hawks are a one-hit wonder, as is. And right now we're getting laughed at early on because we're playing soft. We're playing soft right now. You got to take it personal. You got to bring the fight to Salt Lake tonight. After what they did in the last contest in Atlanta and after the last two games, you have to show some fight. I mean, Spider's going to be out there tonight. Okay? And there's still several games on this West Coast road trip that are going to be tough that the Hawks got to fight. You got to fight in the game. You know, you got to have sustained focus for four quarters. Like I said, I don't know what it is about the middle of the third quarter and later for the Hawks, but the Hawks are just bad at closing out games. They're bad. The last seven games combined, the Hawks' second half scoring differential is minus 59. They're getting outscored by 59 points between the last several opponents that we've played in the second half. Do they need to backload their minutes for their starters? Maybe so. But that third quarter, lineups, you know, starters in, they got to do better with managing the third quarter. If you can manage the third quarter, it gives you a shot to win in the fourth. Something's going to have to change. John Collins needs more touches. Bogey needs his touches. Capella, I don't know how healthy he is, but we need him to play better than he is right now. He was in... Borderline all-star last year at the center position. And now he's a shell of himself this year. Yeah, he came in with the Achilles. Maybe, you know, he's playing slower. He's playing more hesitant. But I'm not seeing the same fight, that hustle, that aggression, that leadership on the defensive end. I'm not seeing that from him this year. He doesn't look confident. He doesn't look well. And I think it's between the ears right now. Capella has to do some soul-searching. There needs to be some lineups, like I said before, where the starters are staggered with the bench. Whether it's Bogey, whether it's Trey in, whether it's John Collins in when Gallo is in, something has to change. And I've talked about this on Twitter. I think a trade is coming in the future. It may be sooner rather than later if things do not change. 
Right now, the only untouchables on this roster are Trey Young, Collins, and maybe DeAndre Hunter. Maybe. DeAndre Hunter's not the same right now. Obviously, coming off an injury, but I still like what he does defensively. He's going to bring it defensively. You know, I like when he was guarding Steph Curry last night, but obviously Steph Curry is Steph Curry. When he's hot, that boy's cooking. He's a chef. Chef boy Curry. And, you know, sprinkling that salt all over the Hawks right now. But right now, pieces who I feel are expendable for, expendable for the Hawks, Gallo, who has not looked great. Not looked great this year. Kim Reddish. Yeah, he looked good early, but he's regressing back to the mean right now. And and I only say Capella is expendable only if Carl Anthony Towns is on the table. If not, you keep Capella. Like I said, I would like to keep Herter, but I like to keep Bogey. But if teams want those players, you gotta you gotta listen to the call. You gotta change up something. You know, Jalen Brown is being mentioned in trade discussions right now. You know, the Hawks need a second star next to Trey Young. And if they want to salvage the season, I'm not saying the season's over. I'm not saying it right now. Because maybe a move is a spark that the Hawks need. But right now they need to streamline minutes and streamline touches because there's a lot of mouths to be fed. And if they're not going to be, if you're not going to be effective when you're in, it's going to have to be a change made. Might as well bargain those players in a trade and see what you can get. Maybe the trade deadline, definitely in the offseason for sure. But again, it doesn't get easier for the Hawks. Utah tonight, another tough opponent. Defensively, bigger, more physical than Golden State. And the Hawks have not been physical. They have not been the aggressors as far as physicality this year, in my opinion. Another really good three-point shooting team. Donovan Mitchell is back. Look, I still believe in this Hawks team. I do. And this is the toughest part of their schedule right now. The Hawks got a target on their back. And they got a bad draw this year with their scheduling. But they're not making things easier on themselves. You know, timely turnovers, shot selection, effort, fight. They're bringing that on themselves. And they have to stop acting like they've already arrived. You have to act like you're still outside the club. Fighting to get in. You can't even get in. <laughs> you got to fight to get in that club. And it comes down to just executing and fighting. We can live with that. If you're executing and fighting, giving your all, we can live with that. Those things aren't coachable. That's just innately in you. X's and O's are coachable. Let the staff focus on that. What you can control, Hawks, your focus, your effort, positive energy, there's been a lot of negative body language out there, arguing with the refs. Control that positive energy and your fight. You give those four things, the rest will come, in my opinion. But it better come sooner rather than later before the Hawks dig themselves further and further into a hole that's going to be harder to get out of. You can't blame injuries right now. Yeah, people are coming off an of injury, but no one is injured to the point where they're not in the lineup. If you're in, you're in. No injuries to blame. Conditioning should be closer to normal. We hired Nate McMillan as the guy. I know a lot of people are like, man, Nate, we, we shouldn't have hired Nate McMillan. Come on, guys, shut up. You saw the success last year. You know they were going to give him a job. So don't even, don't even give me that bull. Don't give me that. 
He's he's our coach right now. Yeah, there's some things he has to change himself as well, and I'm not giving him a pass, but don't overreact. You're being dramatic, saying that. Is he the guy? Yeah, whatever. Get, get out of here with that. And like I said, last year, this is who the Hawks players got up to play for when we had to make that change with Lloyd Pierce last year. Okay? So he's here. Now it's time for them to, you know, make changes within themselves, look in the mirror. And as a team, we can't be selfish. We have to share the ball. We have to move offensively, off ball. We have to look for good looks, take those good, take those good looks, and defend. It's got We got to go back to the basics. The Braves just won a championship here in Atlanta. The Georgia Bulldogs are title favorites. Right now, the next team up are the Hawks. No, it's not the Falcons. Yeah, y'all be my Saints. GGs, GGs. But, um. The next team up as far as championship aspirations are the Hawks. But they got to fight like they did last year when Nate McMillan took over. It's time for accountability. It's time for players-only meetings. It's time for hard looks in the mirror. And no, I'm not talking about the future meme about I'm not toxic, you are. If there's toxicity in the, in, right now within the Hawks, we got to address it. Whatever it is, we got to address it. As I've stated before, other teams that were in the conference finals last year, they're struggling right now as well. Phoenix, who we just played, they're turning things around. They're in a little winning streak right now. And right now they have the best record out of those teams that were in the conference finals last year. Right now they're 6-3, and three, fourth in the West. But the Bucks, the Hawks, and the Clippers right now are combined 13-17 and 17 right now. So it's not just the Hawks. That conference finals hangover is real, but it's time to recollect as a team and flip the script. So, like I said, had to be in a pool pit today, but again, thank you for you guys' support for the 100th episode. And if you love what you heard today, give us five stars, give us a good review, share it, tell everybody, jump on the bandwagon of the hottest new podcast covering the Atlanta Hawks. Share with fellow Hawks fans, NBA fans, Georgia sports fans, basketball fans. Does not matter. Anybody with ears willing to hear a podcast about the Atlanta Hawks, put them onto this one. Follow us at HoopBallHawks on Twitter. That is at HoopBallHawks. Follow myself, Brad Jarrett67. That is Brad J A R R E T T 67. I'm praying. For the Hawks to write the ship tonight against the Utah Jazz. And I will be watching and I'll catch you guys the first episode after episode 100. This has been a Hoop Bowl presentation.